the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This is the word to stand on for life with Pastor Ron Arbaugh. The word to stand on for life is a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel in San Antonio. A live call-in show here to help you answer your questions about the Bible and how to apply the word to your daily life. For more information on Calvary Chapel, visit our website, calvarysa.com. Get your Bible questions ready and call in now to 210-340-9585. It's The Word to Stand On for Life with Pastor Ron Arbaugh. Welcome to the program. Thanks for tuning in. It's Thursday, and that means this is the date day edition of the Word to Stand Him for Life. I'm Pastor Ron Arbaugh from Calvary Chapel in San Antonio, Texas. And as you know, this is a program dedicated to taking your phone calls, answering your Bible questions, life questions, stuff going on in your life. And today, anything that you want to talk with Paul about, all you need to do is call us. You can dial 210-340-9585. If you live outside the San Antonio, the local San Antonio area, you can call toll-free at 877-630-KSLR at 630-5757. You can email questions to us by emailing questions at calvarysa.com or you can use our free Calvary Chapel of San Antonio mobile app. And remember, if you are driving in your car, the safest way to call is to use the free KSLR app. Just hit the call now banner at the top of the screen. Everything else is hands-free, and you'll be connected directly to our studio producer. Well, that's all the intros. So, Paula, welcome to the program. Thank you. I want to start today. We lost a friend overnight, we found out when we yeah. woke up this morning, Wade Cofield, uh, who served here for, I don't know, two, three, four years. I can't remember, but uh, some time ago before... Uh, the Lord moved him on, um, uh, was a, a, a lover of Jesus. He he uh, loved his family. Mm-hmm. I loved his music. Mm-hmm. And I loved his music, too. Mm-hmm. And I was sharing with you this morning that when we first got the news, as sad as it is, uh, the thing that came to my heart, I, I remember uh, Wade did a version. Wade, Wade and his brothers were a pretty well-known country band around mm-hmm. San Antonio area. Uh, before we got here, I mean, I didn't know anything about it, but uh, Wade could really play and he could really sing. And uh, when he sang one day, I can only imagine, mm-hmm. I just absolutely fell in love with it. And I like that better than any version of it that I'd ever heard. And um, uh, so I was singing this morning, all the times I had him sing, I can only imagine. I used to say, if you come to the church, if you stop by, you got to sing. I can only imagine. Mm-hmm. Well, today he doesn't have to imagine. Yeah. Because he's in the presence of the Lord. And uh, the goal of his salvation Mm -hmm. has been accomplished. Sam said he he used to imagine. And now, you know, even the greatest of imaginations can't fathom what he's experiencing right now. You know, and sometimes it's like... Beyond anything we can ask or imagine. Yeah, you know, uh, that he's reached his goal. Sometimes a little jealousy can... Come on, the rest of us that are are waiting for our graduation, um, but yet my heart is just aching for. I mean, he loved his wife. Oh, his he loved kids. Tammy and the kids. His kids are grown of, now. He's got grandkids. Lots of and, grandkids. Yeah, and you just think, oh man, yeah, yeah, they're missing him in our hearts, uh, and our prayers yeah. um, go out to him and his family. And uh, for our word to stand on for life audience. Uh, please keep uh, Tammy Cofield and her children and grandchildren in your prayers. This is obviously yeah. a very, very difficult Friends time. and the rest of that family, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I just, yeah. You know, Paula, 
I got to um, uh, see Wade uh, just uh, a short time ago. Uh, when we moved to our new house, we f- I, we found out it was in their neighborhood. Mm-hmm. And on that day when uh, we were still under construction, and but we had to move in early because we had to be out of the house that we sold. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was just kind of hanging around one morning. You were at the men's retreat, so oh, the or the, the women's retreat. I'm sorry, <laughs> and and well. yeah. <laughs> And, hey, y'all, straight uh, up. Oh, and, and you know, you told me don't touch anything, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because I only messed stuff up. Yeah. And so I got a knock on the door and opened. It was Wade, and he said, "Hey, you moved into our neighborhood. I just wanted to come over and welcome you." And we sat for probably two hours mm-hmm. and just talked about old times and what he was doing now. And mm-hmm. um, Wade was so easy to talk to, and uh, I am now so very grateful for that opportunity. You know, we think we're going to have forever yeah. to, to reconnect. But yeah. uh, that, that morning we actually got to sit down for a couple of hours mm-hmm. and just share what Jesus is doing in our lives. Yeah. Oh. He will be missed. Yeah. Oh my goodness. He's missed already. Come Lord Jesus. Uh, you know, uh, I wonder if Jesus asked him to sing, sing, I can only imagine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Paula, it's your show today. We've got some questions for you. And um, anything else that you have on your heart? Yeah, I told my heart to you yesterday. I heard you say on the radio program, oh, maybe we'll have Paula address some of these <laughs> questions that we had. You know, the husband who works and then wants to go to church all the time. You know, that one. And, and then the sex question at all ages. And then the family unit in Christ. And so, you know, if we get to those, we'll, we'll try to give some kind of intelligent encouragement but um i was thinking uh you know we've been praying for the lost the hurting the hungry broken needy confused uh, fearful and angry well i was just thinking there's two and you you teach this all the time there's really two categories of christians that the enemy goes after those who are submitted and committed you know steady eddies basically and then new believers and um, so, uh, you know, I've been thinking, praying for, Lord, bring some healthy, but we already have some healthy, vibrant Christians here. And so um, I was kind of instructing the ladies on Monday night as we pray, pray for those submitted and committed Christians really first because those are the ones who are really targeted. And so today as I was doing my my, you know, my personal reading is Proverbs and Psalms. I'm in Philippians. Um, but today I was reading Psalms, and this is a short one, so I'll, I'll, it's easy to share. But um, praise the Lord, all you servants of the Lord who minister by night in the house of the Lord. Lift up your hands in the sanctuary and praise the Lord. And may the Lord bless you from Zion, he who is the maker of heaven and earth. Um And then in Psalm 135, starting out, it says, Praise the Lord, praise the name of the Lord, praise him, you servants of the Lord, you who minister in the house of the Lord, in the courts of the house of our God. Praise the Lord, for the Lord is good. Sing praise to his name, for that is pleasant. And it it, it goes on, you know, he's blessed his um, treasured possession. We know that the Lord is great, um, and he does whatever pleases him. But what what I'm getting at is, as we get older and, you know, we just, we know how to come to church. We know, you know, um, if this is a certain ministry, say, for instance, um, our our children's minister, ministry leader, Darlene, she's been here the whole time. Some You prayed for the Lord to send someone with his heart for these children. And she has been super duper faithful this whole time. Well, we're... 26 years in and she's she's raising up people to come behind her um, what, what, I, what I enjoy most about that I don't, uh, what you enjoy most about that is um, she, she knows for sure that um, if everyone were to fall in love with Jesus things would be better and, and to continually uh, do that um, it can kind of wear on you, especially now that COVID's come and the, the servants that she used to have that were so vibrant and on fire for the Lord, some of them have kind of waned away. 
that kind of wears on you. Um, and where uh, where she used to have a whole lot, big list, some of the list has waned, and you can just see that it's the kids need need servants, yeah. you know. And I don't you want know, her to get worn out. So pray for those who have been submitted, because she's yeah. going to make it happen. Yeah. She'll be here. My, my microphone's back on, Paula. What I was going to say was okay. what thrills me about this is that um, the people that she's raised up over these years um, are her daughters and now her granddaughters, yep. and people are serving. So yep. the example that she set has yeah. been absolutely spectacular. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, we've, we've always had more servants than we had need of here at Calvert Chapel. And COVID changed that a little bit. It did. Um, um, people sort of backed away um, uh, for the right reasons in some cases, but they backed away. And um, uh, the, the, the influx of the steady influx of new people that we have coming, mm-hmm. um, you know, they, they either haven't caught the vision yet. But um, God's got Darlene in his hands. She's been faithful now for 26 years yeah, and she has and, and uh, God will sustain her she's, she's doing just fine yeah. let's take a break we got Jimmy waiting on line one from San Antonio Jimmy thanks for holding you on the air hi how are you doing well Jimmy thank you hi Jimmy hi ma'am um, well I work for this I'm a contractor but I work for this installation a financial installation and they're pushing for vaccine mandates. And I don't feel comfortable with it. And uh, I'm trying to ask, I'm trying to ask God, God, but I feel, I don't feel peace about it. And, you know, they're kind of like saying, they're not kind of, they're not trying to force it. We're not forcing you, but we want you to do it. And I said, well, I don't feel comfortable with it. And, uh, so, but I'm not afraid. I'm not afraid of it. I'm not afraid of um, what the world. They're saying because they're saying because the president is that anybody who's working for federal agencies uh, needs to get the vaccine. And I'm like, no, nobody can be forced to do anything. So, you know what? I'm going to take a stand, and I'm going to say no. Because, yeah. um, I mean, I'm not afraid to lose my job. I'm not afraid to lose the pay I'm getting. I'm not afraid to lose my benefits because I believe that the Lord's going to open other doors because I took a stand. Yeah. Jimmy, I, um, um, I, I'll, I'll just say this. I'm, I'm certainly not a vaccine expert, um, but Romans 14.23 says anything not of faith is sin. And if you feel personally convicted that this vaccine is um, um, not something that you should be forced to take, and you take that stand, and your heart is right with God, then he'll stand with you. The one thing I want you, and you just indicated that you're okay with this, but the one thing I want everybody to understand is that decisions have consequences. And a lot of times the decisions that we will make to stand with Christ and for Christ um, a lot of times those decisions are decisions, uh, the consequences are consequences that we don't want to have to deal with. And I think the, the reality is that we're going to have to, to stand and then say, okay, I'm willing to, to, if I lose my job, I lose my job. One thing about you, Jimmy, contractors are in great demand and people that can work with their hands, believe me, there's always going to be work. Uh, but this is this is between you and the Lord. And I I, I strongly agree that um, no one should be forced to do this. I think it is almost unconscionable um, that we have come to a time in our country where this kind of, of mandate uh, can be enforced upon unwilling people. I never thought I would see it in the United States of America. Uh, but here we are, and now we're going to have to decide uh, what it is that uh, that we're willing to, to, to sacrifice as a result of taking that stand. Um, we have been approached as a church by a lot of people who want uh, religious uh, um, exceptions and want us to give them a letter. Uh, we have not done that thus far, and the reason we've not done it is because uh, this is not a biblical or a doctrinal issue. Um, um, I, I understand the individual issue. 
but um, those who say, well, there are um, stem cell research uh, tissues that have been used in these vaccines, well, those things are used in almost everything. And uh, I just, uh, we're not anti-vaxxers here. Um, our children are vaccinated. I've been vaccinated. I'm old enough that I go back to the to the polio vaccines and um, and, and all of the other ones. Uh, and we never objected. I think the objection here is this is an untested vaccine with severe side effects for a lot of people. And uh, it seems as though those people are being marginalized in the decision-making process. So, Jimmy, uh, I'll be praying for you. And um, you do you just hang tough. Stay, stay true to what you believe the Spirit of God is telling you. These are individual decisions that need to be honored, respected, and uh, the line that's been drawn in the sand in this world uh, between vaccination and anti-vaccination is, uh, I think it's evil. It's just the enemy who's trying to divide us. But we are going to have to deal with the consequences. Jimmy, thank you very, very much. We'll be praying for you. Okay, Paula, why don't you pick back up wherever you want to go. Okay. What was I said? <laughs> yeah, just in praying for those saints who have been um, faithful um, keep them in prayer because the enemy would love to uh, bring doubt and discouragement um, yeah and 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 make us want to lose the joy of serving the Lord when the the command that we have from the Lord is to um, Rejoice always and never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor. I'm so glad he said spiritual fervor because our physical fervor. <laughs> Sometimes it's like, whew, I'm tired. These kids, you know, especially working with kids, they are young and, and, the, and the kids keep coming, you know, but I'm 69. <laughs> I'm not getting any younger or faster, you know, so... Keep praying for for uh, the people who have been faithful for a very long time, and we want, you know, as we were talking today, we want to finish well. We want to finish better than we started. But again, I'm so glad it says, "Keep your spiritual fervor serving the Lord." You know, never and then pray without ceasing, of course. But um, the spiritual fervor, even if you can't do all of the things that we once did. Like I told them kids a couple years ago, come on, Grandma, dance with us, you know, for the VBS. I told them like three years ago, this may be Grandma's last time. <laughs> and so this, I was able to do it this year, huh? Yeah, yeah. You're still doing good. Doing I'm fine. still going strong, right? <clears throat> but yeah. it's a long recovery. And, and you, were, <laughs> you were talking about Darlene. Darlene has become a better delegator. Yeah. As she's aged alongside of us. And uh, it's just one of the things that we need to, and, and this for every church, uh, there's very little you can do that will bear more fruit in the lives of others and also in your life than teaching children. Mm-hmm. There's very little more important than that. These are kids that we're giving a foundation. We've got kids who are so biblical in their thinking, and I'm talking from five years old and up, and that's the responsibility or or accounted to the reward count of Bible teachers. And, and you know, we, we don't have programs and, and uh, uh, different plans to entertain kids. We teach them the Bible. And all of the adults who have spent any time at all uh, in children's ministry teaching the kids... Uh, many of whom thought I would never do that again. I, I don't. I don't want to do it. Mm-hmm. I don't. And then they did it, mm-hmm. and thought, I never want to stop doing it. Mm-hmm. It just turned out to be an unbelievable blessing. Yeah. Yeah. Unbelievable blessing. Well, Paula, because we might get phone calls and other things come up. Okay. Uh, once you address those those questions that were asked yesterday, very briefly okay. on the program. Uh, the first one about uh, the man who wanted to be at church all the time, mm-hmm. but he's working full time, and mm-hmm. and um, uh, you heard my answer. So, yeah. and you know what I was when I saw you when Sam brought you home after the radio program, I was, you got out of the car. I said, "Now who, what woman didn't fall more in love with Pastor Ron today?" <laughs> I think the ladies were at home going, "Hallelujah, praise the Lord!" Tell them, Pastor Ron. But yeah, that you would say, you know, um, it's a good thing, go to work. You know, 
provide for your family. And it's a really cool thing to want to be at church all the time. If you're single, that would be great. Um, but with a wife and kids, they are looking for, for you to come home. And we know way too many pastors who have, and even other men in our church, who are now saying they spend all of their time at church and neglected their family. Um, yeah, when they when they come home and and the pastoral staff that we have here, like you were saying yesterday, they have kids, and those kids want to play soccer. They want to um, run in cross country, and they want their dad to be there to participate and say, "Good job, baby," you know, and and the responsibility that the the fathers have and and. You can just see so many of them who have taken the time to be with their families in the Word at home, um, the difference that it makes. And so I I loved your answer. You know, make sure your family is taken care of first. You know, don't just come home and say, eat a little bit and say, hey, I'm going to church. When they're like, daddy, daddy, uh, this is what I did at school. Daddy, look at the picture. Daddy, can you help me with my, your mom will get that, you know. No, that was an awesome, awesome answer that you gave, and I get to benefit. Well, it, it's 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 important that you realize they're your kids too. Yeah. And the father has a responsibility. The wife has a responsibility, but the the wife needs a break at times, just like you need a break at times, yeah. and you need to be able to provide that break. And mm-hmm. and uh, to feel guilty because you're not in church. It's to miss the point. You can have church at home, mm-hmm. and uh, you know you can sit down with open Bibles and talk with your families. And to, the one thing you don't want to do, and I promise this is from experience, you don't want to sit down with your kids when they're sixteen and eighteen years of age and say, you know, everything I taught you was wrong. I did that. Mm-hmm. I, I worked so much that I didn't. I mean, I tried to make it to my kids' sporting events. I did everything that could. I was a boss, so I, I could kind of do that. Yeah. But uh, I didn't make those same accommodations for you. And um, I didn't help you with the house. I paid to have the house clean, those kind of things. But, I mean, I just I didn't realize the things that I was missing out on until it was almost too late. And, and Jesus not apprehended me. It would have been too late. Mm-hmm. So um, um, there's no competition between family and church, they they complement one another, mm-hmm. and you want to be able to provide what your family needs. Uh, and your wife, she's got a priority over even the children yeah. in your heart and in your mind. And you've got to remember that. And yeah. I think that's one of the things that we men have a tendency to forget a mm-hmm. lot. Women do too; they forget that yeah, a lot. But um, the, the marriage is first, and setting an example. And there has to be joy and peace in the home. Mm-hmm. What about the other situation, Paula? With let, the- let me let me say one more thing oh, on, on this one. Sure, sure. That's okay. Okay. Um, we have one family, and we probably have more than that, but one who spoke about this at um, a pastor's discipleship class recently where every summer on their two-week vacation, the parents have already prayed and, and, and you know, kind of searched their hearts before they sit down with their four children of all ages. I think all of them are in high school. One's already graduated. And this is what they ask their children. How are we as parents doing? Are we causing you to stumble in any way, shape, or form? Have we or are we misrepresenting God to you? And they've had to be prayed up because... You know, don't ask a question. You don't want the answer. That's exactly right. And so, um, if you are doing well at home, um, then you really should be able to ask that question with an open heart and mind. um, And if there's any negative that comes, be willing to change that. And so, I'm, I'm certain that a wife and kids. Especially when I'm talking about they ask their kids, they're very honest, you know, and would say, well, this is what I see, mom or dad, you know, and the parents would have to then apologize to the Lord, apologize to their kids, and work on fixing it. So, 
Works for me. Mm-hmm. What about the other one, Paula? We got a the, couple, the, couple of minutes. The, the one who... The, you know, it broke my heart that we're talking people in their 40s, yeah, mid-40s, mm-hmm. and they're talking about they're too old to enjoy sex or, or they're, they're not having sex mm-hmm. in a relationship. They're uh, repulsive to one another, yeah, and, and something one of them to is that effect. growing resentful. Uh-huh. Uh, boy, the, the, the 40s is... It's, it's, the, the 70s is too early for that, but, but, the, but to be in your mid-40s uh-huh. and already be at that position, yeah. that's a marriage that has, has suffered some pretty severe neglect. Yeah, I, and I don't... You know, because we don't know who the people are, and we wouldn't talk about that. But you were saying for the for the man to make sure he's clean, physically, take a shower, be more um, smell good. Yes, That's smell sexy. good, but clean in another way is what are your eyes looking at? You know, what are you? You know, does your wife know that she's the only one that? is attracted to you that you're attracted to her yeah because if your eyes are wandering here and there and she knows about that she don't know that you're with her at all that's repulsive we've got 30 minutes left in the date day show 340-9585 or toll free 877-630-KSLR we'll be back in two minutes Back to the word to stand on for life. We're taking your calls at 340-9585 or toll-free 877-630-KSLR. Now, here's Pastor Ron Arbaugh. Welcome back to the second half of our Date Day show. We'd love you to call 340-9585 for your live calls and questions. Paul, I've got a couple of questions that just came in for you, so I'll get to those. But first, let me say we got a couple of faithful listeners and dear, dear friends who are celebrating birthdays today. Uh, our precious Connie. Connie, God bless you. Happy birthday. And thank you for the joy that you and Frank have brought into our lives. And then I also just found out it was Greg Tillery's birthday. What? And um, all, all I think of when I think of Greg is as a deer panteth for the water brook. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he can sing it, can he? Yeah. Happy birthday, guys. We love you very, very much. Uh, Hi, Pastor Ron and Mama Paula. Is there such a thing as unconditional love for our spouse? It seems like that word unconditional is not a word that I can live up to. I love my husband, but there are quirks and things that he does that really bother me. He's good to me. He's really good to me, she Mm -hmm. says, and our children. But I honestly feel like I can't get past them. He tells me that we all have quirks, and this is an issue I have within myself. What can I make of this? How can I get past these quirks? Does God have unconditional love for people? With all of the promises in the Bible, they seem to be cultural, general, and conditional. Thank you. Uh, Let me just say first, God's love for everybody is unconditional. However, to benefit from his love, we've got to receive the, the, the gift of Jesus Christ. We've got to believe by faith. And then Jesus said, if you love me, you will obey me. So the, the working out of our salvation always has conditions. Everything in this world has conditions. But love needs to be unconditional. That doesn't mean it, it lets anything go. But what it means is that we've got to put the one that we love, the one that we promised God we would love and cherish ahead of ourselves. Paula, why don't you deal with this? <laughs> Uh, yes, unconditional. Because you now, maybe you don't know because you have a husband with no quirks. <laughs> <laughs> Should I list a few? <laughs> Should I list just a few? Um, yeah, we we have unconditional love because God is love, and He has chosen to live in our hearts. The Roman five five love of God has been shed abroad in our hearts. So yes, we have unconditional love. Now, are there some things about me that Ron doesn't like? I'm sure we are so different. Never. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, and there's a few things, maybe one or two. <laughs> <laughs> Look, let me be honest. I'm the most difficult person in the world. Well, I, I am. Now, I, I, I'm, I'm loving and all those things, but uh, uh, I'm not easy for a lot of reasons. One, I'm very steady. Um, I don't change, but, but I'm weird. There are things I do that are just different. We all have quirks like this 
Anonymous is saying. But you know what, Crooks D? They give us opportunity to demonstrate our love. And to die to ourself. Well, that's the demonstrating of, uh, yeah. yeah. There's a shirt that I have now that one of the ladies was wearing. I say, ooh, I need that shirt. And so um, she went and got it for me where it says, fully known and loved anyway. Um, <laughs> the, the Bible says that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. And that's for everybody. And so, um, yeah, your husband may have some quirks. And like he said in this question, or you said in this question, we all have quirks. Um, you don't mind yours, but he may be the one who's truly loving by overlooking your quirks. Yeah. And, and do you want the Lord to constantly pick at you about your quirks. You know I saved you for a reason, but you getting on my last nerve with your quirks. And so we, I think the quirks give us, each one of us, um, an opportunity to demonstrate love. And, you know, if we were all the same, that would kind of be boring. And, and Paula, when you can't get past something that, um, I mean, this is, this is a marriage. You promised God you were going to love him and cherish him. Um, um, if you're a Christian, and clearly you are, you've you've promised God that you would submit to His authority, and and to say I can't get past this is simply acknowledging that you're refusing to die to self. Yeah, that's a choice. Yeah, and that's a choice. It's not I can't get past. Those are you don't I want won't to. get yeah. past. I just don't want to. Uh-huh. I don't want to make the effort, mm-hmm. and and that is quenching the work of the Spirit in your life, yeah. and uh, it may be the reason that prayers aren't being answered. Maybe the reason that there's not uh, overwhelming joy in your life. Mm-hmm. Uh, you got to be real at home. That's the most important thing I want to communicate. You've got to your your faith has to be real at home, um, because if it's not, it's not going to be real anywhere else. Mm-hmm. And um, this isn't an issue of going to heaven or not. This isn't questioning salvation. But um, when you love somebody, you're putting them ahead of yourself. And if you're unwilling to do that. Uh, then this is a, an opportunity for you to really let the Lord examine your heart. And uh, believe me, better things are ahead for mm-hmm. sure. Mm-hmm. Thank you for the question. Paula, we've got a caller I want to get to. Uh, Brad from Norman Park, Georgia, a new believer, got saved last week. Brad, thanks for calling. You're on the air. Yes. Uh, I just want to say that ever since I've called this program, my life has dramatically improved and i gotta oh, say praying every single day and like the heartbreak and like the sorrow and like why did she do this everything went out the window and it's like my life has uplifted in an amazing way <laughs> um, i'm i'm a member of a new church and like bless your this heart is awesome so i just wanted to call and follow up with you i didn't get a chance to Well, Brad, I'm thrilled. We've been praying for you. A lot of people have been praying Mm -hmm. for you, and I am absolutely thrilled for you. Stay in your Bible. uh, Stay in church and and make sure you're you're given the opportunity to serve. And, uh, boy, your life is going to be so much richer. It won't be easy, but it will be so much richer. God bless you, dear brother. Thank you. Thank you, too. Uh 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 Bye-bye. See, Paula, this show. You see? You know, we get we get the regular callers. Those are so awesome that that people allow us to be a part of their lives on a daily basis. But this show, um, every once in a while, we get somebody like Brad who's just, I need help. I need help now. Can you help me? And you lead him to the Lord, put him in His hands. He's all. He's on the other side of the world compared to us, even though we're in the middle of the United States. He's on the edge over there in Georgia. Um, We can't do a whole lot, but prayer really works. Praise the Lord. Thank you for that, Brad. Paula, this one is just for you from Mari. Okay. Um, Hi, Paula. It may sound selfish, but I really enjoy my husband doing mostly everything around the house. I find it very attractive. Now, let me just stop for a moment. Men, especially the, the man who wrote yesterday, uh, or, or I think it was yesterday, about sex. Oh, yeah, that was uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yesterday. And, and uh, you, you know, the, your wife is, is unwilling, and you're getting frustrated and resentful. Um, believe me, a man that does housework, a man that fixes things around the house, 
uh, it's very attractive. That's what Marty said. So, Marty, <laughs> thank you for that. She said, I find it very attractive. I mentioned to him, you like to do everything. And his response is that I have to die to myself like Jesus died for the church. I must admit, I enjoy relaxing while he takes control of the home. Is that selfish of me to think like this? Should I start taking the initiative? Well, you know, I find it very attractive, too. He wants to do everything around the house. But, but that's because you have a husband can't do anything well <laughs> around the house. So. Yeah, you you know how to clean. So you're a neat, clean guy. So I'm, I'm okay. But, um, yeah, I would I would say... So that he never feels taken for granted, and then he doesn't have to say, "I have to die to myself," like Jesus died for them, or "I get to" would be a better thing. But yeah, I think um, I, I would I would be more comfortable um, joining in with him to let him know just how much you really do appreciate him. Um, yeah, we as wives, you know. Uh, we like to help, so why don't we like being helpers? And so that would that would be me. But I would say, sweetheart, I love you. I married the right man. <laughs> Thank yes. you, Jesus. You know what I'm saying? Thank you, Jesus, indeed. Um, but I'm sure there's some things that you do. But yeah, if he if he knows how to do all of those things, you need to praise the Lord for that great mother-in-law because she raised a, a young man who knows how to cook and clean and, and, and fix cherishes, things, cherishes wife and not just let everything fall onto her. Um, and so, yeah, but I, I, I don't know. Is that selfish? That's a question you have to ask the Lord. I don't know. But, yeah, I would help out. That would be awesome to you know, work together. A, a, yeah, a perfect relationship in, in, in a home marriage, Paula, is a husband and wife tripping over the other to serve the other. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, for me personally, it's impossible to outserve you. It's just impossible because of my vision. There's things I can't do, but but it's it's it, no matter how hard I tried, no matter what I did, I can't outserve you. Mm. It's just part of your nature. Um, but but remember, this is a cooperative, a partnership, yeah. and so it's never all or nothing. It's always working together. Um, one of the things I can suggest, Mari, and, I, and I, again, you love your husband, um, and I know, don't know anything about you other than uh, I can suggest a couple of things where you can start taking initiative, and that's in the physical relationship. Let your husband know how grateful you are yeah. for what he's done, not not just with words, mm-hmm. but with deeds, mm-hmm. offering yourself to him. Um, this this is uh, This is the way the Holy Spirit is going to work, and the more you're in the Word together, and the more you're serving one another together, uh, the more your heart is going to be knit as one. And believe me, the Lord is going to use you in a lot of different ways. Mm-hmm. And there will come a time, like if you ever have children, there's a little bit of a limit that he's going to. And so get yourself, you guys work together. That's, yeah, seriously. Work together yeah. now. That's so fun. Yeah. Yeah. Sounds like newlyweds. But yeah. I love your husband. Don't yeah. even know who you are. But me too. Love, love your husband. <laughs> Uh, let's go to Reuben on line one from Seguin. Reuben, thanks for calling. You're on the air. God bless you, Pastor Ron. And hi, Mama. How you doing, Mama? <laughs> hi, baby. I'm doing good. I'm glad to hear you're back in the Word and you're letting the Lord lead uh, you again. Yes, yes. I, I, you know, tripped a little bit, but I got back up. So thank good God. Good for you. And, uh, been reading real slow, real slow. The word of God to to let it sink into me, and like I want to soak it up like a sponge. But mm. uh, um, I have a question. Um, a friend of mine, uh, he he picked me up today, uh, kind of forced me out of the house, um, and which was good because I need to get out of the house. Mm-hmm. I, I yeah. you know I just been stuck stuck in there for oh my god I don't know a couple of years I don't go out. Anyways, he took me out to dinner, uh, to, to lunch, and uh, as we were coming out, there was this uh, a guy from um, um, from Mathis, Texas. He was selling uh, uh, goodies and stuff like that. And then uh, he was uh, he's he was I guess he was from the house of uh, what are they called? Um, uh, God, what are they called? Freddie Garcia, pastor. 
Remember? Well, uh, oh, sure. Oh, yeah. Victory Outreach. Victory Outreach. Yeah, Victory Outreach. There you go. There you go. There you go. They were selling bread, right? So, anyways, to make a long story short, he was trying to, you know, he was talking to us and doing what he what they taught him how to do and everything. And then he said something that kind of stuck stuck uh, struck a chord with me that I disagreed with him. And then he and I started, you know, back and forth, back and forth until he got upset at me. And this is what he said. And and I, this is a question I want to ask you. Um, he said that you cannot have faith without salvation. Or how do you say it? salvation without faith? He said you can't have uh, salvation without faith. No, faith without salvation. And then I told him, I said, well, well wait, if you're not saved... You have to have faith to get salvation. Is that right, or am I wrong? Well, I, th- I think you're, you're probably just talking past one another, Reuben. We're saved by grace through faith. Faith is the vehicle by which we get saved. So apart from faith, it's impossible to be saved. But when we are saved, then we have to continue to exercise that faith to live every single day. So what his point was or what he was trying to communicate is unclear to me. But the idea is that that faith always precedes salvation. Uh, you know, the world wants to say, well, you show me, Lord, and I'll believe. And Jesus in heaven saying, well, well, how about you believe and then I'll show you. So faith is essential. And without faith, nobody's going to be saved. We're justified by faith. The just will live by faith is the theme of Romans and Habakkuk and, and some of the other places. So uh, I think, Reuben, it's just a matter of uh, probably two guys saying pretty much the same thing, but talking past one another. One of the things I do want to say about Victory Outreach and other, um, I consider them legalistic um, works, um, is they're very, it's very difficult for them to let go of people. And, and, and I think our responsibility is to learn how to use the freedom that God gave us. Um, and I think it's very difficult in rehab ministries uh, for people to let go because there's a lack of trust in the people. There's a lack of faith in God. Um, and I just think it's it's sort of working backwards. So I'm not a big fan of uh, rehabilitation ministries at all. I think we ought to just preach Jesus Christ crucified and risen from the dead and then let the Holy Spirit do whatever the Holy Spirit's going to do. Thanks, Reuben. And your friend is a good friend. He needs to get you out of the house so you keep listening to him. Three four zero ninety five eighty five. Paula, the rest of the time until or unless somebody else calls is yours. Mm. Okay, and then the other thing that you uh, talked about was, well, we kind of addressed that already, though, so the family unit in Christ, you know. When we see, like last night, um, Pastor Elaine and Jocelyn are in California with the rest of the kids because it's fall break, and they're they're celebrating her dad's birthday and, you know, having a little vacation. Well, Matthew, their oldest, is was back here because he works now. He's he's an adult, you know, responsible adult. Well, he led worship last night. And to just... He wasn't alone. No, he was not <laughs> alone with his fiancée, Veronica. Uh, they'll be getting married here in December. But just to see, you know, the family unit, when Dad and Mom are away, the son and his fiancée, they got it covered. And uh, just to be able to... You know, I mean, a couple of the people from uh, San Diego moved out here with them. And to think that even some of them were Matthews when he was two and three, they were his Bible teachers, you know, and that we've all grown up together. And now this used to be kid is now a man leading worship. And a pastor. At our church. He's a pastor. That's <laughs> right. He's now a pastor. Uh, just amazing to watch the family unit in Christ. Um, you know, the Bible says that a, a, a man, who, a, a son who follows the Lord brings joy to his father and mother. I mean, and I always turn around and I say, just the best church ever because, <laughs> you know, of course I believe that. But just to watch these young people grow up and serve the Lord, a family unit. You know, Paul, I get a lot of calls and questions on the show. 
questions sent in as well as phone calls from men who feel like they're called to be a pastor and, and okay, what do I do and is it the right thing to do? Uh, there's, I, I always say there's no better job in the world. Yeah. I mean, think about the things that we get to, to participate in. Last night when when new Pastor Matthew was leading worship, standing there next to Vero, um, um, I, you know, I know they're together. I know I'm doing the wedding. It's just it's just a month and a half away, and um, but to see them on the stage worshiping, leading worship together last night, mm-hmm. about the middle of the second song. <laughs> yeah, I know. It just dawned them. Yeah. Said, "Hey, they're getting married." Yeah, you said you said it to me, Paula, when are they getting married? Yeah. December. And and you just think. We've been so, so privileged to be part of things like that. Uh, when when Vero came to this church, she was still in her mother's womb. Yeah. Uh, Sandra was pregnant with her. Yep. And and literally, I've been her pastor <laughs> from before the moment she was born. That's right. And we've watched her grow up and blossom in this beautiful young woman of God. Mm-hmm. And uh, and Matthew, of course, came here as a small child, a, a boy, mm-hmm. and we've watched him grow and, and to be able to, to ordain him. And now I'm going to be able to, to do his wedding. Yeah. It's it's just an amazing thing. Mm-hmm. Those are the kind of things that people sometimes say, well, well, what do you get from serving God? It's certainly not money. <laughs> That's what I get, though. I'm yeah. the richest man in the world with those kind of experiences and memories. And praise the Lord, mm-hmm. to just just to see his hand move in and through people's lives is an amazing thing. Yeah. Yeah, I, you mean, know, I, I know some people will ask, so how do you know, uh, Pastor Ron, who is one who is qualified to be a pastor? Because I don't, I don't, I don't recall... Pastor Matthew ever saying, uh, he probably did to you, but, you know, I feel the calling to be a pastor. Did he ever? Well, not exactly that way, Paula. We're inside five minutes. Boy, this time, half hour has gone quickly. Oh, yeah. Um, um, n- not exactly in that way, um, but but I've been able to see Matthew's gifts. Now, uh, my relationship with Matthew is different. Mm-hmm. Um, the same thing is true with with. Pastor Chris, mm-hmm. who I just, I mean, these are grandchildren to me. Yeah, yeah. I remember giving pa- Pastor Chris, now that's so, so strange, when he was four months old, I'm giving him his breathing treatments and he's fighting me. And I was like, boy, you <laughs> go get this breathing treatment. But to see him all grown up as a man and now Pastor Chris. Well, my point is I, I'm, I'm, I'm able to talk to them differently than I would a normal young man who's called into the pastorate. Okay. Um, and, and so I've watched their gifts. Now, with Chris, it was easy. Chris is a tough guy. And, and when I say somebody's a tough guy, that's as big a compliment as yeah, I can give to somebody. I know. And, and um, I could just look at Chris and say, oh, you know, you know you're called to teach the Word. Mm-hmm. I mean, his gifting was so obvious. Mm-hmm. And, and at first he would say, well, well, I don't think so. I don't know. Oh, d- just get over it. <laughs> Stop. Okay, so I can talk to him that way. He's a grandson. Yeah. Um, Matthew is different. Matthew is brilliant. Intellectually, he's uh, um, he, he's got a, a world full of opportunities ahead of him. He's um, got a college degree in, in physics, applied physics. Um, I mean, he's really, really smart. Yeah, yeah. So I only talk to him about Jesus things <laughs> because the other stuff, he's too smart for me. But um, uh, he's also very creative, which is a, a, a unique combination. He's very creative. He, he writes songs. He's a wonderful performer of songs. Um, gifted musically, um, but um, I've watched his heart develop for people. I've 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 listened to him teach the word to young people, mm-hmm. and the gifting was so there. So it was just another one of those things uh, when we we lost our youth pastor and and he went to plant a church in another state. Uh, he'd been with us for more than 10 years and was a wonderful, wonderful guy. And I just, I called Matthew in. I said, Matthew, there's no pressure at all on this, but uh, it's clear to me you're called to be a pastor. And we're losing Pastor Nelly. And to me, it makes more sense than anything else that you'd step in and take over. You're already serving with him. Mm-hmm. And so he was doing the work. Okay. And uh, I said, I won't say another word to you about this. Okay. So now it's on you. And it took him a few months. Mm-hmm. And he come in. He said, "Grandpa, okay, <laughs> you know." But but he knew it. Yeah. 
And so the, the calling, so the calling is clear. Oh my goodness! And it's just one of those things that okay. that God makes clear, and that's so that's different than than other young men okay. because the, the, you know I don't have that position to speak mm-hmm. in other people's lives mm-hmm. as I do with Matthew and Chris. Now yep. we're inside of two minutes, okay. so okay, okay, yeah. I just kind of wondered because I never did ask you about yeah. those two in particular because they just been with us for so long, and like you're saying, you watch them uh, mature. And not only in their faith, but like you said, for their their love for the word and the people. You know, I never discourage anybody from following the call of God in their lives. But I've had other Calvary Chapel pastors ask me if I would bless them with Matthew. Oh, They'd yeah. give him a job. Mm. They just just and Matthew could, could, has for a long time been able to lead an adult worship team. Mm-hmm. Um, he's that gifted. Yeah. And um, in in his case, most of the time I would I would sit down with the young man and say, "Hey, I've got people wanting you to do this, and I don't want to hold you back." Um, but with Matthew, I just told him, "No, hands off." <laughs> don't yeah. ask again. Yeah, he's going to be here. Change my mind. Yeah, he's going to be here for a while. <laughs> I love that. Um, well, we don't really have time to talk about anything else. You got one minute. Yeah, uh, but I just want to kind of imagine a world where we all look just like Jesus, and heaven awaits each born-again Christian. That was from 1 Corinthians 15. That was such a a good title. I know. I, I see. I hesitate to say title because you say you don't I don't title. title them. You do. I title the message, but you started out with imagine a world where we look just like Jesus. Yeah. I can't wait. That world's coming. He's coming soon. Yes. Hey, thanks for tuning in. This has been the Date Day edition of The Word to Stand On for Life. I am Pastor Ron Arbaugh from Calvary Chapel in San Antonio, Texas. Lord willing, I'll be back here tomorrow at 4 o'clock on AM 630 The Word. We'll see you then. Bye. Thanks for spending this time with Calvary Chapel's The Word to Stand On for Life with Pastor Ron Arbaugh. The Word to Stand On for Life is on every weekday afternoon at 4, and Pastor Ron invites you to find out more about Calvary Chapel at calvarysa.com. The Word to Stand On for Life was sponsored by Calvary Chapel of San Antonio. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.